are in a series. Um, I'm actually um, I'm actually ending the series on Christmas Eve, so you have to actually come Christmas Eve to. to isn't that a nice nice little incentive to, to get you get you there? So, but we're in a series called Why, and uh, it's just a um, it's why it's a, a Christmas series. And each week, I'm just answering a question. Um, the the first week we talked about why Christmas, and and uh, if you're a guest with us, I just basically just said uh, talked about the historical reason for Christmas, the cultural reason for Christmas, and then I feel like there's a spiritual reason. For Christmas, and historically, we found out, hey, the very first Christmas, it didn't actually happen in with a manger and 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 you know that what we see in the nativity scene. It actually happened like like a few hundred years later in the three hundreds was the very first Christmas because they didn't celebrate births back then. They celebrate more more often. They would celebrate somebody's death instead of somebody's birth. And so it wasn't until the three hundreds that we actually started celebrating Christmas. And right or wrong, what happened? The church decided, hey, you know what? We want to reach the culture that we're in. And there were, there were different holidays and celebrations being celebrated that were celebrating pagan gods and all of this. And the church said, wait, wait, let's take one of those days and let's, let's uh, reclaim that for Jesus. And so, so they, they started to do that and they called it Christmas and they started honoring the birth of Jesus. And so that's kind of where we started to get that. And I challenged everybody that first week, like, could we, instead of just celebrating his birth, around Christmas, could I challenge us as a congregation, as Christians, to connect his death, burial, and resurrection to his birth? Because that was the whole reason why he came in the first place. And then the next week, last week, we talked about the wise men, and, and uh, I hope this didn't ruin Christmas for everybody, but we found out the wise men weren't even there at the, the whole nativity scene, although we have the wise men there. And I said, I, I kind of put it this way, it's like when you, when you got your pictures taken in high school for the yearbook, and you have a whole list of people that, that like weren't pictured, I kind of think the, the wise men, maybe they're supposed to be there, they just weren't pictured, and so, and so we could, if you have your nativity scene, maybe you could just kind of write in next to it, not pictured the wise men because they were there in their hearts they just weren't there physically and and when we right towards the end of the message this is i felt like the kicker for all of us last week was this was that the wise men represented really the wisdom of this world and it was the wisdom of this world that met the wisdom of god right there in that house when they met jesus and there was an encounter they had in fact when the bible says that they fell down and worshiped him the wise men did in matthew 2 and in the original language, when, when it says they fell down and worshipped him, that language actually almost, it really connotates like a, like a vase that would fall and shatter. Like, like their lives were never the same, and they left um, oh, totally different. And you, you think that might be uh, helpful for all of us to have that type of an encounter with Jesus, just like the wise men did? And today, um, we're going we're gonna to talk about um, why the nativity. And I've got a couple of friends uh, uh, Owen and Nick, are you guys ready to bring, bring the the pieces I need? They're they're rolling down. Let me um let me share a couple of scriptures here today. Why the nativity? Maybe you were wondering all this time. Why do we have nativities all around um, the city and our homes around the world? Luke chapter two. It says this: it says so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph, and the baby who was lying in a manger and so right away we see we, we see some of the pieces of the nativity starting to come come together they uh who, who's they the shepherds i heard the shepherds someone say shepherds they the shepherds hurried off and found mary and joseph the baby is jesus and he was lying in a manger now all of a sudden we start to think right and this is what people have done for centuries okay what could this have looked like 
There's a manger. Where's this manger at? And oh, maybe a stable. Um, likely, I think I had. Yep, there we go. There they could. There come. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I had had a, had some things coming. Now I'll tell you what. That's my wife's. And if if it breaks, you guys can just come up right. Come just right through here. Yeah, there you go. If it, if it breaks, um, I'm in trouble. So. All right. Matthew chapter two. Verse 11 says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. Who was they, by the way? The wise men this time. Someone said shepherd. That was wrong. It was the wise men, Matthew chapter 2. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure and presented him. And what was their treasure? It was gold and frankincense and myrrh and that's where we think or a lot of people think there were three wise men because of the gifts but we don't know how many wise men were actually oh good 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 and i would advise you to not drop that thank you thank you thank you thank you all right all right awesome we have not been able to set this up at our house for a few years because we have little children so i'm looking for i don't know maybe a year maybe two years out and then we'll be able to put this back up so uh Lydia is two and a half years old. Yesterday, oh, just I'll, I'll just a side note. Yesterday, Lydia took like this red lip gloss thing, and it, it was a jar, and just like smeared it all over the carpet. And <sighs> yeah, and all the king's men and all the king's horses could not put our carpet back together again. So all right, all right, here we go. Let me just let me just look here. So we've so we've got a nativity scene. Are you guys ready for for a, for a good object lesson here this morning? Right? You'd rather look at at this than me, anyways, right? Here we go. So um so in the nativity scene, we we see a, a, a lot of different things here, and uh, let's let's get these in the right places. I'm gonna put put these wise men over on this side. Um, we gotta have them have them all together, and uh, here. All right, wise men. And there's only two donkeys, so two of them were evidently, or two, uh, not donkeys, uh, camels. So they must have been riding together on one of them. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but all right. There we go. And, uh, oh, I th- this is Joseph. What are you doing down there, buddy? All right. We got Mary. Now, there's, for some reason, this nativity doesn't come with a, um, with, with a manger so we'll just imagine there's there's a manger mary's holding baby jesus all right we got some some sheep there's a shepherd over here oh this isn't this pretty just like that okay well i like it all right oh angel angel up on the angel willow tree angel stand it actually comes separate all right here we go oh how's that is that just, yeah, all right, not bad, not bad, okay, all right, yeah, the, yeah, I just, no, no more comments, no more, uh, we got to get through this, man, all right, <laughs> all right, so this, so the nativity scene here, um, it gives us a picture of what the night could have looked like, and, and I pulled the two scriptures out, it kind of, it really, the Bible doesn't really tell us, like, like what it was like but it gives us just a little bit just a little glimpse the the, the reason why we think it might have been a like a stable or something is because it says manger actually it, w- it might have been more like a cave um and we don't even know that there were animals there although they look cute and fuzzy i'm just thinking about like like a woman giving birth and 
placing the baby in a, in a manger and them being like sheep around. And we're like, oh, that was cozy. That would not be cozy. That would be, right? None of you women would have liked to have had animals in the delivery room, right? Can we just be honest? Like, so as cozy as this looks, it probably wasn't that cozy. Um, again, we talked about the wise men that they, they actually probably didn't show up until months and months later. Could have been two years later. Um, but it was definitely six to nine months, and, and here's the, the stars that they followed, and here's angels and, and all of this. So here's all the characters. You've got baby Jesus that Mary's holding. We've got Mary and Joseph. We've got the shepherds, the wise men. Um, we have three. There could have been more. And uh, so let's, uh, let's think about this for a second. Where do we get the nativity? From? You, guys, you guys interested where we get the nativity from? Like, so let me, let me just give you a little bit of a, of a story. Um, I told you already that, that the celebration of Christmas didn't happen until the 300s. It was the 4th century. Um, and it wasn't until the 1200s, actually I think it was 1223, when, uh, when we got our first nativity scene that we know of. And it was St. Francis of Assisi. St. Francis um, had just gotten back from a trip to the Holy Land. And he was so impacted by going to Bethlehem. And, uh, and so he comes back to um, the Italian city of, I think it's called uh, Greccio. I think that's how you pronounce it, Greccio. And I, I actually went on YouTube and find, found someone pronouncing the word so that I could tell you it this morning and sound, sound smarter than, because I was pronouncing it like Greccio or something. But no, it's Greccio. And so he was, he was in the Italian city of Greccio, and, uh, and he was so impacted by going to the Holy Land, um, and, and he came back, and this was his thought. In his day, um, Christmas had become secular, secularized, and there was materialism and all this type of stuff, and he thought, we've got to do something to bring focus back to Jesus. Does that sound like a culture maybe that we live in at some, at some point? So evidently they were dealing with some of that back then. So we're in the 1200s, St. Francis of Assisi, he gets permission from the Pope to uh, set up the very first nativity scene that we know of in a cave in Greccio, and he had a manger and, um, and an ox and a donkey, and that, was, and that was it in the very first nativity. And the story goes that he would invite the whole village to come out, and when the village would come out to the cave um, in Greccio, that he would preach a sermon, and he would talk about um, the baby Jesus and Jesus coming. And, but when he, would, when he would go to try to say Jesus' name, he couldn't get the name Jesus out because he was so overcome with emotion. Like this was, like St. Francis of Assisi was having an encounter right there at the very first nativity scene that we know of. Tradition also says that the hay in the manger, and we don't know if this is true or not, but the tradition says that the hay in the manger, um, was, um, that, that they would take the hay and, and touch sick animals and crops and things, and that there would be uh, miracles that would happen. We don't know that for sure, but, um, but whatever happened there at that first nativity in the 1200s was uh, an encounter with the Lord. And it came out of a heart um, from St. Francis to put... Um, the real meaning of Christmas back in place and it had gotten so far off and and isn't that what we pretty much every year around this time we're trying to recenter we're like whoa wait a minute we kind of let's get back let's get back on course here 
Let's get back. You know, what is the main priority? What is the main thing? Hopefully we're doing that all throughout the year. But this is why a lot of times people come to church on Christmas and Easter. And like, oh, wait a minute. Here's, the, here's that one time. Let's get everything back. And hopefully it stays on course for the whole year. That one church service that you went to, right? So now everything stays on course the whole year. And I, and I would encourage you that maybe, maybe you need a little bit more than that. Um, throughout the year but this is what we, this is kind of where we got it that's the that is uh, at least the history of it um and now you've got christmas cards with nativity scenes and you you've got some of you have uh any of you have a willow tree nativity scene like this at your house right yeah come on yeah 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 go us go us and uh so you have so you have all of that going you, you've got christmas cards and you've got you've got anyone ever been a part of a live nativity scene and and anybody been a part of one of those and it was like super cold out and you're like I'm pretty sure Jesus was warmer than this. Yeah, yeah. And so but that's where we get all of that. I think um, the nativity scene at some level reminds us of what, um, what Christmas is all about. Reminds us of why we do what we do. And uh, I actually got this idea of, of talking about the nativity scene. My brother did a similar message um, in Des Moines about a year ago. And I'm like, ah, oh, yes. I'm going to steal that and give him credit. So um, I'm not as much concerned about how you set this up. You could have the wise men there in your nativity. You could have angels. You could have animals. I'm not concerned about how you set it up physically. But what I want to talk about today is um, at some level, we all have a nativity scene in our heart, and it's really important how you set it up this Christmas. How's that for you? I want to talk to you about a few ways that we get the this nativity scene out of order and uh, it is so important that you have the pieces in the right places in your heart this season um, here's the main thought today when the nativity it, when the nativity is set up right in our hearts jesus is at the center there's a sense of meaning and purpose and everything else falls into place okay so what's at the center of your life right now don't 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 share out loud. And, I mean, but just in your heart, what's at the center? What's the what's the focus in life right now? And you're and you're you're thinking about it. What what's that thing that's that something that everything else revolves around in your life right now? In the case of the nativity, we see uh, Jesus is at the center. I wish I had a manger, but we don't. We have we don't have a manger. Jesus. Is so, but Mary's holding Jesus, and it's at the very the focal point of this whole scene jesus is at the center and that's uh that's the way the nativity is is set up and it's the most critical that jesus is at the center of the nativity scene in our heart you can't just have all of the pieces you have to have them set up right and so maybe you're a christian maybe you've you're you've come into church you're at a christmas service and you believe and maybe you have a bible or at least a bible app that you can you know that's that's the motion for reading scripture these days and so you you've got all those things in place but your life's not working right for some reason you're like man i gave my heart to jesus and and i you know i'm, I'm in church and you know i'm even in church around christmas and so i know I'm, I'm keeping the main thing the main thing and for some reason if you were to be honest with me if we were to sit down over coffee you'd say pastor jonathan i'm sorry about that you say pastor jonathan uh like but my life is still not working right for some reason, my life is, is still out of order. And, and you come to the right place today because I'm going I'm to help you reorder some things. 
I would suggest that it's possible that the nativity scene in your heart might not be set up right. That even though Jesus is still in the scene, he's not in the place that he should be. That he's been removed to an hour on, on a Sunday or a couple holidays a year. And, and even though he might at some level be in the picture, that he's maybe not in the right spot in the nativity scene in your heart. He's still there. He's just not at the center what happens is that something else ends up being the center of your life. Have you thought about that one thing? That thing that's, that everything else revolves around in your life right now? You know, it's usually that thing that takes up the most time or the most focus, the most emotional energy. You, you, you may come to me and say, Pastor, I just, I don't have any margins in my life. I'm like, well, what's taking up the margin? What's the most important thing? What's if you were to be honest, I know where we all, we all know how it should be set up. We all know how we want it to be set up. But if we were honest, what is actually at the center of your nativity scene. For some of us, it's the shepherds are at the center. And, uh, and we'll come over here. I'm probably going to lose the shepherd's cane again. I'm going to try my best. And some, For some of us, we put the shepherds at the center. Oh, and Joseph. All right, Joseph, you can be back here. And we got, we got shepherds, and we've got all the sheep, and, and the shepherds are at the center. And the shepherds, what would the shepherds represent? The shepherds represent our work. For some of you, if you were to be honest, your work is at the center of the nativity scene in your heart. The, the reason why is because it's so common, because that's where we spend most of our time, isn't it? For a lot of people, for a lot of people, and some of you, some of you are um, you know, stay-at-home moms and all of this stuff, but it's, more, but it's still, how many know it's still work? <laughs> and whatever that is for you, that the majority of your time, that it's wrapped up in the doing and the work of your life, and and so sometimes the shepherds end up being at the center of our nativity scene because they represent our work. I think there are very few people, you know, that, that mean for it to happen that way, but it happens. Most people give the best of who they are to their jobs instead of their families or even God. And so the shepherds become the center of the nativity Life begins to fall apart, and you can't understand why. Even though Jesus is still there for you, and you show up at you know, the Christmas service, and Jesus is still there at some level, but life is falling apart, and you're like, Pastor, why? Well, I would just submit that it's all set up wrong in your heart. The nativity scene in your heart is set up wrong because you've got the shepherds at the center. Colossians 3, verse 23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as you're working for who? The Lord and not for human masters. I know this is simple, and I know this whole series this whole series is simple. This whole message today is simple. Some of you are like, can we fast forward so we could go wherever you got to go today? But can I just say, even though it's so simple, we miss this. We miss this so much. And this verse is really interesting because how many of us actually, our, our work, that we, we would, in our minds and hearts, say that we're doing it for the Lord. Some of you are frustrated at work right now, and maybe the Lord wants you to change your job, but while you're there, the Lord might have you there for a reason. It might be a mission field. It might be, there might be some reason why you do what you do that's beyond just getting a paycheck. And whatever it might be, however frustrated you might be, how the, the, the employer that you might have, maybe you're the employer and you're frustrated with yourself. I heard some joke about, about someone talking to themselves and, and, and say, don't, don't interrupt them. They're just having a staff meeting. I, I don't know, something, something along those lines. But however frustrated you might be, can I just suggest 
that if you do everything you do as if you're doing it for the Lord and not for people, that it might start falling into place. The, the, the second people that we have at the center, and the funny thing is they weren't even there at the very first nativity, but we, we take the shepherds aside and try to keep the shepherds crook in place, put those there, and oh, we'll keep a couple of the sheep up there. Does that sound good? And then we'll just bring these three abnormally tall wise men. Uh, wow. They came from the Lombard family, evidently. Yeah. All right. But sometimes, sometimes we, we set up our nativity scene and we've got the wise men in the center of our nativity. You do this, I do this sometimes. And, and what would the wise men represent? The wise men represent fame. The wise men represent success, dreams, popularity. I think the wise men represent education. Man, they were, that's why, that's why their name is wise men. They were wise. They were educated. They were wealthy. I think the wise men represent wealth. For me, for me, the wise men represent reputation. I'll tell you this. That's something I've struggled with in my life is, is when my reputation, the things that make me who I am, what everybody else thinks about me, making decisions based on what you think instead of what he thinks and so sometimes in my heart I don't even mean to and I do and I put the wise men I put I put reputation at the center of the nativity scene do you ever do that where instead of it I mean he's a part of it somewhere where is Jesus oh he's kind of behind the angel back here he's right he's there he's kind of there let me just let's just be a, a little more gracious to ourselves and let's put Jesus just off to the side right and sometimes i do that I, I would wonder if you do that too where something else takes the place of where jesus should be i think there are very few people who actually say that they're that they're putting all of their hope in wealth and education and fame and all of this stuff you wouldn't say that with your mouth but man the way that we live our life sometimes is is we're not trusting him we're trusting us <laughs> we're trusting our own abilities and our own wisdom our security is in the money that comes in. Or, in fact, when you look at when you feel a lack of security, why? Maybe it's maybe it's because there's not enough money. <laughs> maybe there's not enough something. I I would I would go out on a limb and say that there's probably people that feel completely secure in the Lord and have very little. So life begins to fall apart and you can't understand why, even though Jesus is still there. But it's just set up wrong because you have the wise men in the center. And Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 says, says this, what is more, I consider, this is Paul talking, he says, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I have lost all things. What, I consider them what? Garbage that I may gain Christ. It's, man, I, I love the quote. I didn't make it up, but I say it a lot. It's okay to have things as long as things don't have you. Sometimes you start to realize that things have you, money has you, wealth, reputation has you when the wise men end up being at the center and Jesus is just kind of off to the side. What else? 
we got Mary and Joseph. Now, can you just forget that she's holding baby Jesus for a minute here? Because let's just say that she's not, just for the sake of this. And if we put Mary and Joseph back at the center, we're starting to get things a little bit more, more in order here, aren't we? You put Mary and Joseph at the center. Where, where do you want to be? Here, let me just move this. I'll just uh, give me, just give me a moment here, guys. Yeah, put the wise men back. Way off, two years away off over here. We got to get ourselves another camel. Or, yeah, camel. That is a camel. All right. Put Joseph here. Put Mary back. Just forget that she's holding baby Jesus. I, w I said, Becky, don't we have a manger? We don't have a manger. We're just going to imagine that there's a manger. You guys all right? We got Mary and Joseph at the center. What could Mary and Joseph represent? Man, we're getting closer. We're getting close. I mean, this is, in fact, man, if you got this right, man, you're, on, you're, you're at least pointing in the right direction. But, man, there's a lot of people that have Mary and Joseph at the center, and they're, they're, actually, they're going to hell, actually. And it looks like everything's right, but not everything's right. Joseph and Mary at the center, they represent family. They represent marriage. They represent kids, relationships. Some of you in this room, man, if, if I were to just say, hey, is this set up right? And we don't have baby Jesus there. We took like a little Sharpie. And no, he's not, not there. If, if you were to just see Mary and Joseph at the center without baby Jesus, you look and you say, man, that looks like it's set up right. In fact, that's the way I would set it up. And, and you're just missing one key ingredient that Jesus isn't at the center because when we have marriage and family and kids and all of this stuff at the center of our life something's missing when everything revolves around around family something's missing and you're like what what kind of heresy are you preaching pastor Jonathan I agree with you that family ought to be a priority in fact, it ought to be like right up there. Some of us get everything out of whack. And, and man, and I, I, I spend way too much time, I think, sometimes. I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody, but I spend way too much time helping broken families. <laughs> I'm just like, man, could, I wish, I really wish. Could that be, that would be my, my, the greatest Christmas gift this year is that the Lord would somehow just restore families. <laughs> and I think part of the reason, and I know that there's, that there's all kinds of reasons and we could sit here and, and you're not going to shock me with your stories if we kind of went through and we talked about all the reasons but I think one of the reasons of brokenness in families is because you've got the nativity scene in your heart just set up wrong have you ever been hurt by family anybody <laughs> you, you can raise your hand if you'd like <laughs> wait wait unless the person's sitting next to you I would just keep it down keep it down Keep it down. I do, or you could set up some a counseling appointment with me um, after the first of the year. Unless it's an emergency, then. You've ever been hurt by family? Oftentimes, the reason we get hurt so deeply by family is because we place them at the wrong place in our nativity scene. There, sometimes family hurts us the deepest because they have a place in our life that they were never supposed to have. We, play, we place pressure on them to be something they were never meant to be, to make us happy and to fulfill our hopes and our dreams. And, and there's a lot of great stuff about that. And you're going to get hurt re regardless on if you have Jesus at the center or not. But man, 
it's, it, there is some unneeded pain that we walk in because we have Mary and Joseph at the center instead of baby Jesus in our nativity scene. Life begins to fall apart and you can't understand why. Even though Jesus is still there, he's just off to the side somewhere. You come to church on a Christmas Eve or maybe even weekly, and you're just like, I feel like I'm doing everything right. I feel like I'm coming to church, and I, I'm even in a Bible study, and I'm doing something. But man, man, the, the soccer games and the baseball games and the, all of the different things that we're involved in, putting family first, man, you know, we could just go down a list of what's it look like to have family first and put God on the back burner Man, I'll tell you what, I'm not shooting this at anybody because uh, uh, I, I, we all have at some level fallen into this. But, but, man, our culture has gotten so fast and so busy. And one of the culprits is how busy our culture makes our kids. <laughs> and instead of taking a stand for our own just personal walk with God and our family's walk with God, we just little by little give in to culture and eventually... Jesus is off to the side. He's still there, but you wonder, why is life so messed up? It's because the nativity scene in your heart isn't set right. Luke chapter 14, verse 26. Oh, man, what a great, encouraging Christmas verse today. If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. I just thought I would just, you know, kind of let the warm fuzzies of Christmas rest on us this morning. And, and we read a verse like that, and there's a lot of confusion. I'll tell you what, uh, uh, I, I actually would encourage you, um, in, like with the, with the hard places of Scripture or the places that are, that are not easy to understand, I would just, uh, just ignore them. Probably not. Probably not. Probably come to those hard places and sit there for a minute and wonder why. Maybe come to those hard places in Scripture and start asking questions. Jesus, what do you, what do you mean? Do you really mean hate? Well, no. No. That would be, that'd be contrary to the Lord's heart, wouldn't it? Can we all just agree that he's probably not meaning actually hate? What could he be meaning? Could he be meaning that in comparison to your love for me, in comparison to your commitment to me, to me being Lord of your life, everything else takes a backseat? Even, even your marriage, even your kids, your extended family, even your own life, everything else takes a backseat. Here's the promise. Man, I know that doesn't make sense. You're like, what? what? All of that stuff, it's all important. Here's the promise. That if you do that, everything else starts to fall in place. Part of my job as a pastor is I get to help people reorder their lives. And at the same time, I'm like, somebody help me order my life, right? <laughs> like we're all in this together. I get to help you say, oh, hey, here's where, here's where marriage goes. I get to help you look and see, all right, we got job in the right place, well off to the side. We've got 
fame and wealth, you know, there's some things that might be important, but we're, but there you don't take front and center. We've got all of those things going, and, and I get to help you, remind you each week and maybe multiple times a week, hey, can we keep the main thing, the main thing? Hey, this is helpful for you uh, during the Christmas season. This might be helpful for you like every season. Your life will never make sense until you put Jesus at the center of it all. When your life is not set up right, it preaches to you. You don't need me to preach this to you. You know, you're like, man, something's off. Something doesn't feel right. My suggestion is that you'd see, you'd check, ask the Lord, is the nativity scene in your heart set up right? We are heading right into Christmas and then... um, and then the new year, one of the things we do every year here at this church, and even if you're not part of this church, you could do this with us, is we intentionally take a period of time at the beginning of the year and set things right. We do that with, uh, we, we, talk, we, we do a 21-day prayer and fasting time. And I, There's been people that have come up to me and said, Pastor Jonathan, I don't, I've, never, I've never fasted before, but I'm going to try it this year. And we talk about how they could take a baby step into this. And, and all. I mean, so you may be afraid of that. Can we start somewhere? We gave you some instructions in your bulletin. I think uh, um, if you're not on our email um, list, get on our email list. Leslie, I think, sent something out with some instructions. Hey, listen, this is a way. For you to say, okay, starting in January, I just know, I look at this seed, I know my heart's not set up that way, and I want it to be. Let's do this together as a church. Could we? Maybe starting in January, maybe starting today, I don't know, somehow. Let's set this nativity scene up right. Let's get things reordered. Amen? Pastor Kelly and the team, can we all stand together this morning? Man, I sure love being your pastor. This is just a great church. I think out of all the churches in the world, everyone should be here, right? Oh, praise God. Love you guys. Would you do me a favor in this Christmas series that we've been in, and maybe you just came today for the first time? Could we just have it be more than just a sermon? Could we have it be more than just, man, we we came and did our thing, but could you, every time you see a nativity scene, would you let that question in your heart say, is it set up right in my heart? Every time you see the wise men and you're thinking, oh, Pastor Jonathan said they weren't even there at the manger. And would you start to think about, wait a minute, the wisdom of this world needs to collide with the wisdom of God. Every time Christmas comes around each year and it's coming and you're just like, why do we even do this thing? Would you do me a favor? Regardless of all the traditions, would you connect Christmas, his birth, to his death, burial, and resurrection? Would you let it be that meaningful? Lord, all over this place, I just ask that you would come close. Lord, I know there's even hearts in here that are far from you. Lord, would your spirit draw them even right now? In fact, if that's you and you say, man, the whole, I don't even have a nativity scene in my heart. It's not even set, it's not even close. And you would say, Pastor, if I were to be honest, I don't even think if I were to die today I would, that I would go to heaven. Today might be like the first day 
of the rest of your life where you start to put things in order. We've got prayer teams here in a few minutes, and I would ask that you take a bold step of faith out of your chair, come up and tell somebody, I want to make sure I'm going to heaven. This Christmas, I'm going to receive the best gift ever, and it's going to be salvation. And I want to make sure, would you let the Holy Spirit draw your heart, get over your pride, get over whatever it gotta, you got to get over, and let something be set right. There's going to be people up here ready to pray with you. Man. You might need breakthrough in your life in one area or another. Maybe it's in one of these areas, and you just know that's, that nativity scene isn't set up right in my heart, and I want prayer. I want something to be set right. We're going to have prayer teams up here. Once, this, once he's done with this song and I release, you guys can just come forward and find a prayer, someone to pray with you. Just say, I just want it set right. I want it finally. I want the nativity scene in my heart to be set up right, maybe for the first time. Lord, we give you glory and honor and praise in this place. And it is because of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Let's sing.